So yeah, we're looking at journeys, uh, journeys like leading up to that Christmas story. And last week we were looking at Mary, I think. And um, yeah, just waiting to see if the slides will load. Oh yeah, is that it? Don't touch anything. I don't know whether you're somebody who plans journeys and kind of uh, likes them or whether you've got any kind of spontaneity about them. I was walking home uh, from a walk with a friend and I saw this sign, public footpath, and it just sort of veered off to the left. And I had no idea where it was going and I oh, had this such a desire just to abandon plans for the day and just follow this sign to see where would it take me. But tonight, we're kind of putting ourselves in the shoes of the wise men. I don't know what kind of shoes they would have been wearing. I was asking Dave what he thought. Uh, he said sandals, but I thought maybe Persian sort of slippers. Uh, <laughs> and how far you'd get in them, or walking boots. But like, if we can put ourselves into the shoes, as Claire's really helped us, of those wise men as they travelled, and what they were might have been thinking. Because I think this is literally one of the most surprising stories in the Bible. It's like... The weirdest thing that you've got these guys following a star, and it's weird for lots of different reasons. I mean, one of them is that Matthew is written, it's at the beginning of Matthew's uh, gospel, and Matthew spends the first chapter, like, establishing the heritage of Jesus in the Old Testament. He's big on the Old Testament, trying to show how Jesus fits with the Old Testament. And then he's got these guys coming. In chapter two, these chaps emerge, they're foreigners. So it's quite clear kind of that the, there's a Jewish people and the Messiah is going to come to the Jewish people. And then you've got random foreigners. Not only are they foreigners, they're magicians, magi. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. But in the Old Testament, the magicians, the magi, they're the baddies. They're like, they're always the ones coming going, oh, we can do that. You know, we think of Moses, Herod, he's got his, um, Pharaoh's got his magicians. Um, they're outlawed. So they're foreigners. They're magicians, they're kind of, and they're also, um, they're star lovers as well. So they look at the stars, astrologers. So that's, that was also bad. But they must have been quite important because they were allowed into Herod's presence, weren't they? They were, they traveled all this way, but they were allowed in. And yet they were then able to go into this, hum, this house of humility, this kind of stably place. So they're, they're, it's a most weird tale. I don't know what you think, whether you'd expect that. This this group of foreigners, I guess we've heard it so many times, we've become quite familiar. Group of foreigners who see some stars in the sky, follow them, visit a pharaoh and land up in a stable. And, and I don't know what you think about this star. Like, it's that's again a very strange thing. And people have tried to work out what sort of stars were there in the sky around that time. And so there was a question, was it Halley's Comet they were following? Um, but apparently Halley's Comet was like too early. That was like minus 60 or something. And then was it Jupiter and Saturn that were aligning and kind of pointing and this constellation they could follow? Um, that's a possibility. But my favorite is that it was a, a supernova. So when a star burns at, a star sort of explodes, it forms this very bright thing. And apparently in the, in the Chinese ancient writings, there was a supernova at that time that lasted about 70 years. So maybe they were following a supernova. But I guess there had to be a bit of a supernatural element to it, didn't it? Because they kind of followed it. And I guess they didn't just follow stars all over the place, or I don't know where they would have gone, but they, you know, it is a strange tale. And I, I was kind of thinking, what does that tell us? What does it tell us about 
God? What does it tell us about this person that we are celebrating, Jesus? What does it tell us about that? And I think one of the things it tells us is that this um, this Jesus, right at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, isn't just for the people of Israel. It's not just for the Hebrew people. It's for everyone. And Matthew goes on to say people will come from the east and the west. They will all gather. And right at the end of Matthew's gospel, it said, uh, we'll go and make disciples of all nations. So this um, this message of Jesus is for everyone. And it's for people who are kind of the outsiders, the imposters, the magicians, the Satanists. It's for literally everybody. And I think uh, we can we can uh, fall into the trap of thinking, well, it's not for me or it's not for you. It's not for that person. They wouldn't, they wouldn't fit in. But actually, Matthew, right at the beginning, is saying, actually, these people came. They, they did not fit within the Jewish story, and yet they came and found Jesus. Don't think Matthew would have made it up. You know, it's a weird story, but like, if you're going to make something up, you definitely wouldn't make that up because it, it didn't fit with the kind of Jewish history. But yeah, that's just a thought. And I think, what does it tell us uh, for us today? Because uh, I think this invitation to follow the star or to follow is still there, to follow Jesus. I think that invitation is still there and God can still prompt our hearts, even for the first time, to say, have you found Jesus? Are you, are, are you open to following him? But also for um those of us maybe who have been following Jesus maybe for a long time. I think we can get to the position where we think we've made that decision, we've followed Jesus and we shut down. But I believe the Holy Spirit still speaks today to to um, to show us things, to uh, reveal things to us about who he is, about our need of him and things for us to see, to follow. And I think we can very easily become people who just follow our own pattern. We become actually quite religious. We do certain things at certain times and we can um, shut down the kind of the willingness to listen to what God is saying for us for that day. I was inspired this morning when Matt was sharing that he texted a few people to invite them to the um, some of the, East, the Christmas services. Easter, I've moved on already, <laughs> to some of the Christmas services. And I just think sometimes it is a prompt to invite somebody, but also to tell someone you're thinking of them. It might be random, but just follow. Where does it take us when we follow those promptings of the Holy Spirit? So my challenge to you is over this Christmas period, wherever you, whenever you hear that story of the three kings, allow God uh, uh, say to God, I'm allowing you to speak to me. I'm allowing you to prompt me. And it's such an adventure. You know, there are signs. I'm, I think it's unlikely that we're going to be asked to follow a supernova, but I wouldn't rule it out. This is a God who can invite us to go on an adventure with him and to follow him. So if you're up for it, I thought we could pray now and just ask God to reveal something to us even now, something maybe we need to hear in this moment, or something that he... Um, he, he is on his heart, someone is on his heart that we need to reach out to. Yeah. Father God, as we think of this story, this ancient strange story, we just thank you that you're here today and you can speak to us right now. We just thank you that you reveal yourself to us. We thank you that you haven't left us stuck, that you invite us to follow you on an adventure. And I just pray that even now, Lord, in this moment, you'd, um, you'd reveal something to us for us.
Thank you, Lord God. Amen.